you ever think about what would have happened if we didn't come back from Cambodia? Uh, as in death? Yeah. No. I mean, just think about it. We literally almost drowned and nobody would have known what happened to us. Yeah, but to think about it, it's very difficult to think about it like that because when it was happening, I literally had no thoughts. It was right, I know, you had the opposite house. experience. I was sitting there thinking about your fucking funeral if I survived. What I tell That's your mom. Nice. You were panicking, trying to swim golden water. And I thought, fuck, I'm a strong swimmer, I'll survive, but he won't. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then I thought, well, you know, I thought about how maybe that was the poetic end to our story. Right. Like these two crazy lovers who mm. are in a strange place like Cambodia to begin with. Right. Just drift into the sea and nobody knows whatever happened to them. Yeah, that's poetic, but I had no concept of it. I'm just no. thinking about how crazy we appear to people and the nature of flinging ourselves into the unknown. Yeah, the unknown. And why we keep doing that. And why we're because we're searching for something. You're listening to Forces and Lovers, a podcast for those thirsty for meaningful conversation in a time of political and social insanity. We don't have answers, we have an impulse to share ourselves and to find you, the dreamers, seekers, and radical thinkers of the world who believe in the force that connects us all, love. That's hard to find. You know, not everybody has that. I mean, I know because I've been through relationship and relationship trying to look for that in, and I haven't even gotten close. Only love can conquer hate. Because in order to find true love, you have to have the self-love first and then the openness. And if you can do both things, love will come to you. You just gotta meet the right person. You know, that's it. It's like, okay, sure, but then it kind of, I don't conjure some notions of like soulmates and shit, which I don't believe one so fucking ever. And I learned what love really is. He said, there's nothing that you can do that will make me stop loving you. And you believe them because you feel the love. So it's confusing as hell. Because there is love, but it's a twisted love. The stick in my case would happen to be my mother beating me in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, she just didn't give, instill me with a lot of love for myself. This is what can happen with love, and it, it's so easy to be jaded. It survives. It, it survives and it lives, and you can't be jaded about everything. Some things are real, even, even when it seems too sweet to be true. Energy manifests itself physically, showing up to a job you can't stand, putting on a mask that isn't you, going against your true nature, all of it, comes back, gets recycled. Your mind absorbs it. Your body absorbs it. That's what happened to us. A friend of mine who also happens to be an acupuncturist explained it this way. When you go against your own nature, you take away energy from the things that make you you. In traditional Chinese medicine, this is your strongest organ. 
Once that naturally strong organ becomes exhausted, all of your other organs have to compensate, and that makes you sick. After moving back to Los Angeles a year and a half ago, this is what began to happen. Stay at your job for at least a year or else it'll look bad on your resume. Reconnect to your family, you owe them that much. Time to amass quality furniture, those IKEA disposables don't cut it anymore. When will you get that car? You can't depend upon people to give you rides for important appointments. Always pay over the minimum on credit card bills. Rent before the third, student loans, stay above water. You've got to spend more time with the kids. You want them to remember you, don't you? A job with benefits? Better squeeze in those doctor's visits, dentist appointments? Hell, don't forget those mental health visits, you'll need them later. Your mother isn't doing as good as you are. You owe her more than you're giving. She raised you single-handedly. Pay extra for organic food, a yoga membership, you're not getting any younger. You better try for a baby before it's too late. What do you mean you're not voting? I guess you've been spending too much time out of the country. Hell, if it's so bad here, don't come back. You're staying in on a Saturday? Don't neglect your social life. Going dancing won't kill you. You don't want your friends to think you're a bore. You haven't seen Jerome? What's wrong with you? You think you're too good to see your old friends? Invest in a quality wardrobe, weddings, job interviews, you should always be prepared. Come on, like we haven't made an effort again yeah. and again this and, whole and this year is, and a half that we've lived like, here. Like how many wedding? baptisms, birthdays exactly. do we try to make it to? Yeah. We don't have a car. Without a car. Nobody yeah, offers, a nobody car. offers exactly. to come here. The energies that were literally making us sick are symptoms of what Bell Hooks calls a loveless culture. In a society driven by profit, where you have to go against what you feel is ethically right, putting people's humanity aside to make decisions, after a while, this culture starts producing people who thrive in these loveless conditions. People lose love, they lose connection, they lose respect for other people, for nature, for life. I mean, but here's the thing, two things, first of all. I just want to say two things. Um, every time you guys keep saying loveless, and I know I'm not the only one, everyone's always going to think of that My Bloody Valentine album. You guys know which album, right? <laughs> loveless? Loveless. Yeah. yeah. So every time you say loveless, all I think about is that album. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Secondly, how, how can two people that are madly in love talk about a loveless world? <laughs> because, so I, do I you, do you, you, you want to know why? Why? You want to know? Really? Really, why? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Erica's staring at me like, what the fuck is this motherfucker? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering because, what to say. Why? Tell me. Because <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is what I, this is what I think. Family is our first society, right? And uh, we, uh-huh. I think all three of us grew up um, with a sense of being different and and especially I think once we all became really fully aware of the world around us and 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 the need to connect to it um you know like for me personally almost all of my all of everything I am and everything that I became as a as a as a young man whatever um it was all in opposition to the way I was raised Every, you know what I mean? Like my fa- like my mother and all them, they couldn't express themselves to save their lives, and so I compensated by going into going into theater and 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 learning to express and communicate and relay these messages. You know, um, they had no idea what it meant to love someone or to care about someone in a in, in an in an unconditional way. And while that's not a hundred percent the case with Erica's family. There's a lot of warmth and affection in my large family. Equally, though, there's a lot of guilt and judgment. Because of issues my mother was battling, I was forced to grow up at an early age. This growth inevitably made me drift further away from them, for the sake of survival. Soon, the distance, on top of the guilt and judgment that was already there, 
made connecting much more difficult. There is still that sense of um, going against their grain, going against their suffering, seeing what they, being, being a witness to what they experienced and lost and never recovered from, and knowing somewhere in our psyche or somewhere in our souls that we had to seek some kind of alternative for our own well-being and our own self-preservation and stability. Despite overwhelming pressure to conform, to accept this culture of lovelessness, we still seek to know love, all of us. This seeking is rebellious, this seeking is essential, this seeking for love, not only romantic love, but a greater love on a mass scale, is in its very nature a manifestation of divine spirit. Do you think we're vehicles for each other's evolution? Absolutely. That's 100% why we're life partners. And it's more of a destiny thing. And when we are hmm. at our best and when we're in touch and when we're on the same page, we can really help the other achieve, not, not greatness, but just achieve your own self-purpose. To like fill out your purpose. Like to be the best you, I know that sounds cheesy, yeah. but it's like to be the best version of yourself, mm -hmm. to continue self-growth, <coughs> to continue looking inward, to continue pushing for something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is why I think we'll never really have um, massive um, exposure in the public eye. What? Because... What for, do you mean we won't? <laughs> for really great artists or great thinker, whatever, for really great people, usually their vehicle, uh, their artistic vehicle ends up being a vehicle for their evolution. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, they don't have a person, they have a medium. Yeah. Like Whoa. friends. Like, uh... So, like, their match was... A force, not exactly. a human being. Right, and we heard that, you heard that That's Saul Williams... kind of incredible. Well, you heard that Saul Williams podcast where he talked about Prince yes. and being tapped to the, like, how Prince was a, was a mystic. Yes. And I think that, uh, you know, look at Prince or Brand or these people, like, they never, they all died single they all they, yes. they had failed relationships at every turn yes um and uh, yeah I, I think that that's why we'll never probably achieve success wow. on massive scales because we give each other so much that we found that in a, each a, other a, the drive the drive to to seek that out mm -hmm. is less it's lower right because we're already so moved and pushed and challenged mm -hmm. by each other mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily have that thirst to find that right. missing piece. Right. And that's always the artist's dilemma is that they're struggling yeah. with something to find the missing Exposure. pieces of themselves. They're trying to mm. fill holes mm -hmm. in themselves. And you and I fill up each other's fucking holes. It's crazy. Physically too. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so then why am I so attracted to those people who are looking for meaning to fill with 
filled themselves up with and, and, and who give like again like the Brandas and people like that who who um destroy their genius and who and, mm-hmm. and, and, and who destroy themselves because nothing can fill the holes that they carry because, with them. Because you always thought that you would be like them. Oh, so you think I've moved on now? I think you always thought well, that you would be like and... them. And I think well, I, I think I part of where you... Because you know how sometimes you say, Man, I've fucking grown up. Or, man, I've changed. Or, man, this doesn't feel right. Like, I'm changing so much. I think part of that is because you're leaving that image behind. Where you had to end up like them. Are you okay? Are you sure? <clears throat> yeah, I'm fine. Honey? <clears throat> You're scaring I'm me. I'm fine. Are you having an emotional reaction or a physical one? <clears throat> Both. Okay. I think that you realized that... Come here. Yeah. I'm fine. I love you. I'm just saying that I think... Somewhere down the line, which is why you sort of describe it as um, not feeling good. Like, it literally gives you pain. It's literally something that you have to, um, you have to fight against. And it's, uh, yeah. it's the fact that you're coming to the realization that you're lucky. <laughs> it's like you're, you're lucky to have, and this... From me, it, it, sounds, it doesn't sound right because I'm the person, so it sounds okay. really pompous. That's okay. Go ahead. But it's like Where you're you lucky to have found true love. Yeah. You're lucky. You fucking made it. You like made you like. You're luckier than any of your heroes were, and that's what everyone's searching for is that uh, that uh, divine completeness that makes you understand what's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and when you understand that the search is still there and it's still important, but it's a little different. Yeah. It's just different. Right. And I think you're, I think it took you longer than it did me to accept that. Why? To accept that you were <clears throat> lucky enough to have found that. Yeah, I didn't realize it I don't I think you realized it. I turned 25 in the jungles of Colombia. The jungles of the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta. This is um, the historic and contemporary home of the uh, indigenous Koji people. See, during all the long centuries of resistance and conquest and war and disease, this... um spot this this piece of earth was re- it was never to be desecrated by spanish boots because it was so geographically elevated from the rest of colombia south america so we figured this was a great exit from america and and this beautiful kind of entrance into the rest of the world We were living in New York at the time and going fucking insane. Occupy Wall Street failed. Theater had failed. (laughs) Youth was failing. And we saw the signs. 
So this Colombian experience, our first real journey out of the U.S., it kind of freed us. Uh, well, it freed my love. Being up in the mountains, cut off from everything material, it, um, it revealed to me the, the sacredness of my love in a way I had known but was never really comfortable knowing. Up until that point, I was loving the way wild animals love, deeply but cautiously. My defenses were never really far away. Seekers don't need to travel to dig for meaning. But once you know the power of travel, it's like your search, everything you are looking for about other people, about the world, about yourself mostly, your search speeds up. All of a sudden you get this intensity and these results, these answers appear right before your very eyes. Your mind expands, time expands, the days are literally longer. After a year and a half of going against our true nature, of trying to reach all the artificial milestones that we are supposed to care about, well, marriage is a part of the plan, so we didn't reject all milestones. So what have you been saying? Because I know I get the question all the time, where it's like, you've been together for nine years. Mm-hmm. Why now are you deciding to get married? To me, it's like, for example, there's a great Bob Marley quote where he says every government is illegal, right? And we are social socialist people who don't believe in capitalism, but we are forced to participate in that world. It's the same thing with marriage. For years we we kept it at arm's length because we associated it with everything that was wrong with we associated the institution yeah. and institutions themselves with everything that's wrong with the country. But I think we have we I think we came to the conclusion that we can through the way that we live and the way that we act upon those beliefs I think we can transcend it. You know, so it's like it's like yes we have to use it in a in a superficial way, but how we use it on a day-to-day basis separates us from the institution itself. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Does that make I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think for a long time we were against the idea right of getting married and it didn't seem like it fit it didn't seem like it was necessary it felt like we were bringing in this outside institution that's very archaic and clearly dysfunctional and why did we need this piece of paper and we and we don't we don't need it but i think i don't know i think that we've just reached a point where the ritual of it and the idea of having a wedding and having a celebration and uh, getting people from you know all corners of our life into the same space and um, just 
to celebrate that love, I think that's something that seems very appealing for this particular time in our lives, for this moment. Right. What I say, like, all the time to Jonathan, babe, I don't know if you want to listen to this or not. He's in the other room right now. But what I say to him all the time is, like, yeah, we're getting married, and yeah, like, there's all this. But I'm not promising forever. I'm not that type of person. I don't, I don't believe in that shit. You know what I mean? It's like we're together for as long as we choose to be, and we're together for as long as it works. And I don't want any kind of, like, promise to, like, Oh, I'm going to love you till I die. I don't want to hear that shit because I know that that's false. And I know that people change. And I know that um, for right now, what we have is beautiful. And for right now, what we have, I want to um, encapsulate in something really special. But I don't know what's going to change in a year from now. Even a year. So I, I get what you mean about that whole idea of monogamy and like that whole idea. I totally get it because... It's not really honest. Not natural. It's not natural. It's we're not. we're it's not. not. You know what? I have to be grateful for what this is right now and give it the kind of um the kind of gratitude and the kind of respect and the kind of love and the kind of all-in commitment that I can right now. And wow. then if it changes later, it changes later, but right now it is what it is, you know? I don't know if that, that makes sense. That could have been our wedding vows. <laughs> You would have? Thank you. We know we have to fling ourselves into the unknown again. We need this expansion, this space, to give ourselves the opportunity to be open. The opportunity to devote ourselves to our work and see if we have what it takes. In the confines of modern life, we can't afford to spend every waking moment on our creative work. But if we can figure out a way to live abroad and move freely throughout the world for a decent amount of time, maybe then it would be possible to devote enough energy and time into our work. Enough to give it life. But then we together have a desire to create too, so that's interesting. I think that's why it works so well with us, because... Even though we're doing that for each other, mm-hmm. so like we're filling up the holes in each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing that, so we're getting that fulfillment, but yet, <laughs> even though we're getting that, having both of us together actually gives us a larger desire yeah. to be creative as That's well. very strange. So it's like, I know that when we're together, we're stronger, mm-hmm. and when we're together, we have more of, an, of a impact and we balance and we have that balance and we're able to sort of touch all sides sometimes for reasons beyond your capacity to understand you become a vessel for something that wants to exist no sé igual pienso la gente como que no le interesa o sí pero sí le interesa <laughs> verdad como pues no sé si si estás diciendo que uh, like I don't now I have to switch to English. Yeah. Like if um if it's um if it's interesting to you, right? Because you're sort of saying like you're hearing these things and it yeah. and it's interesting to you, so you're thinking about what we're saying. It's not like you're like 
uh, fuck these people. I'm just gonna drink <laughs> no, my beer. No, like you're, yeah, you're. It's not like that. It's not like that. So you're you're interested and you're and you're saying so because you know for you you're interested. That means you also know for a fact we're interested. Does that make right. sense? Right. Yeah. So it's almost okay. like be, like because you because we're we we're similar to you. Like yeah. we get you. Yeah, so yeah. if if you're if you're interested, we'd be interested in whatever you're interested in too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you have to just um, that. trust that. So for me, a lot of times I can kind of go on tangents and I'll start being like, fuck, I'm going to say something and I don't know, it's going to be really fucking strange. And it might <laughs> like all the stuff I told you about my book and the shaman and the curandero and all that stuff in Mexico. Like I was at first before I said anything, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to sound fucking crazy. <laughs> that went through my head. Not to me. Not to, not to <laughs> me. Before, I'll tell him anything. But you know what I mean? I've so like, it, it, it goes through your head to be like, Okay, I could share this right now. They might not care. They might not be interested. They might be bored. Yeah. But for some reason, you just have to trust. You know what? Let me just try. And then you do it. And then. Right. So it's almost like you just have to trust in yourself, but more in other people, too. This season on Forces and Lovers. It shouldn't be, but it's very complicated to live, to live alternatively. It's not obvious that I'm black. All the drinking and all the drugs that he put into his, his body and all that, his mind's like not all there anymore. If a human being doesn't know these five things, they will never be conscious. Was that like the split? That was the split. Oh my god! That was the traumatic split. I could really let this affect me. When I was like, I'm gonna have my own grandma was saying she's not gonna go to my wedding. People don't talk about, hey, what are your beliefs about being married? Like, what are they? I now announce you man and wife. If I could ask me what you guys are going to the honeymoon or what's going on? Oh, six months is a long time. They're not going on vacation. They're going to relocate. That's why I'm like, oh, we're going to fuck this shit up by leaving. No, we're going to fuck shit up by staying. We are in Koh Tao, a little island in the south of Thailand. Now I feel like, no, you don't. what you do is a baby just joins your life. Exactly. That I'm suppressing something about uh, my family. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did we, did we make a mistake? I could be mad at you too. Why would I? For what? For the past. Telling the truth? Telling the truth to people who can't handle the truth all over L.A.? I feel like we cannot disagree anymore without it getting nasty. Before we came, we heard about the floods. This is a fucking nightmare. When we go back to Los Angeles or to New York or whatever, whatever city we're living in, we have to conform. Forces and Lovers is hosted, produced, and edited by Erica and Jonathan Duella, with music by Julian Borrego. If you like what you've heard, find out more on forcesandlovers.org and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.